Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Apostles' Creed begins with the words, I believe. In Latin, credo, I believe. Christianity is creedal because it confesses faith, belief. Now, properly, the church confesses faith. The people of God confess belief, and we can't help but do this. Why? Because we have been confronted with the living God, the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. God has revealed himself to us. In other words, he has made himself known. And the truth is, we need him too. The truth is, faith requires it. Otherwise, we can't see him. Otherwise, we can't recognize him. Otherwise, we can't know him. And here's why. Our sin, the sin that we are conceived in and born in, the sin that we commit, gives us eyes that cannot see, ears that cannot hear, hearts that are but stone. Sin means that life is like searching for something that you dropped on the floor in a pitch black room where you're just feeling about and you lose all sense of direction where you've, where you've been and, and, and where you're going. God must shine his light, reveal himself, make himself known. And the ordinary means God reveals himself is his word. God speaks. And when God speaks, when he shines light, when he reveals himself, it requires response. You must respond in some way. Now, one response, the response of the people of God, the church, is faith, belief, credo. Christianity is creedal. The faith must be confessed, articulated, and it can be because the God who opens eyes, the God who breaks hearts of stone is the God of truth and reason. He is the God who created the mind and he gives a faith that is intelligible, understandable, one that we can confess and speak, one through which we can worship and witness. Creeds are a response to the God who has revealed himself, shined his light, spoken to us. A response of faith. A response based on the revelation. A response based on the word. 
The Apostles' Creed is an ancient confession of faith, one that we use every week in our worship. It's a creed that contains the heart of Christian belief. And today we get to the heart of the creed. We get to the center of the creed, the center of our faith. Well, listen again to verse 1 of our New Testament reading from Hebrews. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. God has spoken to us in Jesus. He is God's Word. God's Word become flesh and dwelt among us. God's revelation in person. He is the light of the world. Light shining into darkness. Light shining into your darkness. He opens your eyes so that you can see. See God. Know God. He breaks your heart of stone so that you can believe. So that you can confess. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Now, although this phrase of the creed is short, although this confession is simple, there are depths to mine here, depths that are intelligible and understandable. I believe in Jesus. Jesus was a man, a Jew, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, born about 2,000 years ago in a small town called Bethlehem in the land of Judea, born into a land occupied by and ruled by the Roman Empire, born to his mother Mary. He grew up in the town of Nazareth. He practiced a trade of carpentry, a trade that he learned from his earthly father, Joseph. And about the age of 33, he died outside Jerusalem, was crucified on a hill called the Skull. He died the death of a criminal, an enemy of the state. But God raised him from the dead. Jesus was resurrected. And this risen Jesus was seen by hundreds, including the apostles who wrote about it. In Jesus, God revealed himself in history, revealed himself in space, in time. In Jesus, God entered history, entered space, entered time so that you would know him. But it also means that he knows you. He knows you. He knows your struggles. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your trials. He knows your sorrows. He knows your joy. Because he lived just like you. Now, the name itself, although a common one at the time, is significant. An angel, a messenger of the Lord, told Joseph in a dream that the name of Mary's child would be Jesus. It's the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. And Jesus lived his name because the Lord saved through him, through his death and resurrection. Jesus saves you from sin and death. Through his death and resurrection, he gives you forgiveness and he gives you life and he gives you the promise of eternal life, forever life. I believe in Jesus he is Savior. 
I believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Christ. Christ is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, which means anointed one. Now, in the Old Testament, three offices were anointed. Prophets were anointed. Priests were anointed. Kings were anointed. Prophets were messengers of God. They spoke God's word. They taught God's word. Priests were mediators, go-betweens. They offered prayers to God, sacrifices to God on behalf of the people of God. Kings were given authority by God to rule. They shepherded, guided, protected the people of God, ensured that there was justice in the land. When each of these three began their office, they were anointed with oil. Oil was poured upon the head, setting that person aside for the office. Oil was poured upon the head, symbolizing the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, because it was the Spirit who would equip the anointed for their office. Now, at the time of Jesus, God's people had awaited a Christ. For centuries, God's people had longed for a Messiah. They wanted a king who would conquer their enemies. They wanted a king who would overthrow the Romans. God sent the Messiah. But it was not the Messiah that they wanted. It was the Messiah they needed. The Messiah that we need who fulfills all three anointed prophets, all three anointed offices in his life and ministry. Jesus is prophet. He not only speaks God's word, but he is God's word. To know God, you must look to Jesus. To know what God thinks of you, you must look to Jesus because it's upon the cross that Jesus reveals the very heart of God. It's on the cross that Jesus reveals God's love, his sacrificial, selfless love for you. As prophet, Jesus reveals God's will for you, for your life both through his example and his teaching. Jesus shows that God designed you to love. God designed you to live a a life of sacrificial, selfless love, loving God and loving your neighbor. Jesus is priest, a mediator. Well, on your own, because of sin, you can't approach God, but Jesus can. And he offers sacrifice to God for you, sacrifice for your sin. And that sacrifice is himself. Jesus offered himself. Listen again to part of our Hebrews reading this morning. After making purification for sin, he sat down. Jesus sat down which means the work is finished. No more needs to be done. No more sacrifices are needed. Through his death, you are purified. Through his death, you are cleansed of your sin. You you can approach the throne of heaven. You can enter the holy of holies. And as a priest, Jesus intercedes for you now at the Father's right hand. 
pray in his name. Pray in the name of Jesus. And know, and know for certain your prayer is heard. Jesus is king. He established a kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom that is not of this earth, yet those who belong, yet those under his kingship walk this earth. If you confess Jesus, you have dual citizenship, which means you're a citizen of this land, citizens of, of this country, the United States, but your citizenship is also in heaven. You belong to the kingdom of God. You can live in both kingdoms. You can exercise citizenship in both kingdoms. But when there is a conflict between the two, your loyalty must be to the king, to Jesus. He is a king who is crowned with thorns. He is a king enthroned upon a cross. And through this humiliating death, Jesus exercised his power. Through this humiliating death, he exercised his royal authority. For by his death, he conquered. By his death, he overthrew enemies, enemies that seek to keep you enslaved and groping in the dark, sin and death and the devil They are under his nail-pierced feet. And as king, he continues to shepherd. Jesus guides, provides, protects, and strengthens his people, you and me. He does so today. He will do so tomorrow. He will do so for the rest of your life. He will do so forever. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is the Son. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son. He is the only Son of of the Father, which means Jesus is the eternal Son of the eternal Father. Before he took on flesh, before he was named Jesus, he was the Son, eternally begotten of the Father. This, this is who he is in his being. There was never a time when he was not the Son. He has always been the Son. He always will be the Son because this reflects the interrelationship within God. This reflects the interrelationship within the triune God who is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are a child of God by faith. If you believe in the Son, you are a son or a daughter adopted by God, adopted by faith. As a child, Jesus is your brother. But he is the only Son, eternally the Son, which means Jesus is God. He is God equal with the Father, equal with the Spirit. He is one with the Father, one with the Spirit. This only eternal Son entered space and time and history and became a man. 
Jesus as Savior, Jesus as Messiah, Jesus' only Son. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Jesus is Lord. Lord, as in God. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, God spoke to Moses out of a burning bush, and he revealed his name to Moses as the Lord. The Hebrew word Yahweh, but even this pronunciation is uncertain. And this name, the revealed name, is found almost 7,000 times in the Old Testament. It's sometimes referred to as the Tetragrammaton because in Hebrew, the word is made up of four letters, four consonants. Yahweh is translated Lord because as early as 300 BC, when reading the divine name, Jewish readers would substitute Adonai or Lord in place of the name. They felt the divine name was too holy to read, and they did not wish to take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, anytime you read in Scripture the name Lord in all capitals, it refers to God's name revealed to Moses. It's not simply a title. It's God's revealed name. Jesus is Lord. In this, we confess that he is the God who revealed himself to Moses, the one who freed his people from slavery in Egypt, the one who, who gave the law, the one who brought them to the promised land. We confess that Jesus is the same. He is Lord. But Jesus is Lord also as in authority, rule. He invaded the earth. He entered space and time and history, and he invades you. He invades your space, your time, your history. He is Lord over you. He claims you and is Lord over you. He has authority over your life and not just your acts, what you do or don't do, but also your heart, also your mind, also your soul, all of you, not just parts of you, not just compartments of you, but all of you. This is, this is challenging as it's lived out because the truth is that we want to be Lord over our own lives or at least parts of our lives. I mean, the truth is there are places and areas that we would rather keep control over. We would rather keep reign over, whether that's out of fear or habit or desire. Do you have such areas in your life? Do you have such areas in your heart, in your mind where, where you desire to maintain control where you desire to, to have lordship rather than giving them up to the Lord, Jesus. Well, confess them. Release them. I mean, Jesus already knows them. He's already died for them, and he will transform you through his lordship 
over them. Jesus is our Lord. Our Lord. The the Christian faith is not an individual faith. Now, the faith is yours, yes, but through faith, you belong to a community. God calls you into community, into his church, where you are a child among children, which means you have brothers and sisters. Here in this room, all over the city, and indeed all over this world. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. God has spoken. He has spoken in these last days through his son, the savior, the Messiah, our Lord, Jesus. Do you believe? Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 